Right to be read podcast, episode number 150, interview with Jeff Brown. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hey there, you're listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and as always, it's me, Ani Alexander. I hope you're doing great out there that your writing moves forward and you're having less challenges than I do. Well, talking about challenges, do you wish you could just write books and avoid all the intimidating and frustrating details of book publishing? Well, if yes, then I've created the best solution for you. Simply go to publishtobered.com, send over your draft manuscript and get your professionally published book in only three weeks. So once again, publishtobered.com. Okay, well, that was the foreplay. So now let's get to the real thing. Today I decided to go to the other side and get readers' perspective on things we writers are curious about. And who else could be a better person to talk to than a professional writer who partly makes money by reading books, right? Well, it happened so that I knew someone like that and I'm happy to share with you our talk. So I'm talking about Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown is my guest today. He is a podcaster, mentor, and speaker. His goal is to help people bridge the gap between intentionality and implementation. He does this by sharing his professional insights and the insights of successful people in all over the world on leadership, personal development, productivity, entrepreneurship, and more through his blog, his podcast, and personal consulting and speaking. His podcast, Read to Lead, is one of the top podcasts out there. And before beginning Read to Lead, Jeff spent 26 years in radio, which obviously makes him way better podcaster than me. So let's dive into the interview and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Hello there, Jeff. Welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. I'm happy to have you over. Well, thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is exciting. I'm looking forward to this. To be honest, I've been thinking about inviting you to my podcast since a long time, <laughs> oh. but I don't know why uh, somehow uh, it, it's always been uh, I, in the very beginning, to be honest, in the very beginning, when I was just starting, mm. I was a bit nervous about approaching bigger names. So uh, I thought that, you know, I had to grow a bit before that. And after that, I was like... Uh, I don't know, after that things started, I, we moved and uh, things were pretty hectic. So I, mm. I was not very strategic with, you know, inviting people over. So I'm really happy that finally I got to do that and, and that you said yes. Well, I was excited to be asked and I, and I can see that, you know, you've had some well-known folks on, James Altucher and Chris Brogan and, and Pat Flynn. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure... Um, how I qualified <laughs> to be in that group, but I appreciate it very much. Oh, you did. It's, it's <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm on social media. I don't see you uh, less frequently than the names you mentioned. So uh, <laughs> at least on my Facebook timeline, you appear quite often as well as well, on you. iTunes. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm periodically, I have this slice. I'm periodically checking my rankings uh, on iTunes. So uh, I see your podcast name very often over there. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, that's good to, good to know. Thank you. Let's just, you know, start our conversation by um, I know that you always say that leaders read and readers lead, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I have this image, although we've never spoken before, but I have this image of you being really passionate about reading mm -hmm. books, which is quite rare these days. So tell us where did this passion come from? Yeah, great, great, great question. Um, it started for me, embarrassingly, uh, when I was in my early 30s. Um, I had enjoyed reading as a young child and was fascinated with uh, with uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and, 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 and C.S. Lewis and, and folks like that. Uh, but then somehow, somewhere along the way, uh, the and I hate to say this, but uh, school and, uh, and the educational process sort of um, drove that out of me, drove that desire out of me. I left school. I graduated college sort of for the mindset of, boy, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. I'm glad I don't have to learn anymore. I'm glad I don't have to read anymore. Oh I was like God. so over it. And it's, it's, it was just the effect school had on me for, for reasons I can't quite explain. Uh, and so it was another 10 years later, you know, I went through my, my, my 20s not reading anything other than a magazine, literally. I mean, I, I didn't read at all. And when I was in my early 30s, I worked for a company uh, and was very fortunate to have a leader in that company who uh, brought uh, business books into the workplace and uh, encouraged us to read them. And uh, when I got promoted to be part of the leadership team, that team actually met weekly to discuss the book that they were reading at that time. And that was my introduction uh, to, to, to the business book genre specifically. And when I sort of dove into my first one, I think it was Seth Godin's Purple Cow, if I'm not mistaken, back in 2003 or so, I, I ate it up. I mean, I, I couldn't get enough of it. And um, I, I started reading every business and personal development book I could get my hands on. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been missing out on this all this time. What was I, what was I thinking? <laughs> and I have been, uh, I've been a voracious reader ever since. Uh, that's been about, um, uh, what is that, 13 years or so now. Um, and it was about three or so years ago, right around this month, when I was sort of uh, kind of tallying up the books I had read so far in the year and and tracking my goals for that, and I was far surpassing my goals. I had set a modest goal of a book a month, uh, which I thought was, was, was certainly doable, working full-time and all the things I had going on. And by the time I got to the end of March that year, I counted up the books I'd read, and it was almost a dozen. <laughs> and I realized I'd read nearly a, a book a week. And some of that was sitting down reading the book. Some of that was listening to it in the car. You know, there were various ways I was accomplishing that. Uh, some books, you know, in uh, business books are such that you don't have to read them cover to cover yeah. necessarily, you know. And so, um, you know, all that was a part of that process. And when I, when I came to that realization of how many I'd read, um, I, I thought, gosh, that, that may be the idea I've been looking for for a podcast. I'd been kicking around wanting to do one and I hadn't landed on what that would be about. What would I do a podcast about? And when I realized how effortlessly I had done that reading and far surpassed my goal, and it was something that I didn't see myself tiring of anytime soon, I thought, that, 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 there's my podcast idea. I can, I can scratch a number of itches, as, as they say. I can, I can finally have people to share my fascination with. I'm always running out of people to talk to about the books I'm reading. Heck, I might even get to, to, to you know, meet some of the authors and maybe get some books for free <laughs> from time to time. And it just it, it's all came together in sort of an afternoon, uh, sort of a whirlwind brainstorm of like, this is it. I, I've it's it's been under my nose all this time, and I need I need to make this happen. 
Okay, well, amazing. I mean, now I'm just thinking about our podcasts. It it seems that they are close to each other in a sense mm. that, you know, we're talking about writing and books and reading. Uh, but it, it's sort of we are on, on, on the two sides of the thing. I mean, yeah. now writers are listening to us and your audience are mainly readers. So mm. let's kind of, you know, think about the bridge between two i mean you ma- you mentioned that one of the reasons uh that sort of you know um took you off reading after school was you know that that uh, in school something went wrong i mean i mean <laughs> b- what for example uh went wrong with our schools I- i'm like i was born in the soviet union the mm. country which doesn't exist anymore and our mm-hmm. educational system was very very strong and uh, we uh, read a lot, especially classics. Mm. But I think uh, the problem was that we were giving inappropriate books for that age. So they were like way advanced and more complex for the age we were supposed to read mm. it at school. And yeah. that was another reason that put many people off reading because <laughs> they couldn't really grasp it and understand it the way they were supposed to. It wasn't for their age and mm. it didn't work. So what are the other reasons why do you think people these days don't read so much as before or do you think they don't reach as much as before yeah i I think i think you're right um i the the latest stats that that i've seen suggest that maybe one in five people um at least here in the states i'm not sure if this applies uh you know worldwide but about one in five people read with any regularity most of those folks are are reading fiction um and certainly nothing Nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just that uh, when you think about the kind of books I'm reading uh, and the kind of the folks who are reading, you know, business and personal development type books, that number is smaller still. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I, I, I don't know that I can point to anything other than um, we are sort of a sort of a, a sit back. Uh, culture than a lean forward culture oftentimes. And so we want to just sit back and, and have everything come to us. Uh, and reading a book requires your attention and, and our, our attention spans. Uh, I, I read another stat recently that now the average attention span is, is down to about seven seconds, <laughs> mm. you know. Uh, and so, you know, we've got the attention spans of goldfish basically uh, for most of us. And uh, and all the distractions, and, and, and you know, if you if you're like me and you've got the Kindle app on your iPad, you know, <laughs> good luck getting through that book unless you're prepared to turn off all the notifications. You know, yeah. so you're constantly getting pinged with interruptions if you don't. And so that's why I uh, use my Kindle e-reader device separate yeah, from for yeah. that. <laughs> and, and I prefer, um, and I read occasionally on my iPad. Um, but I prefer to have the physical book in my hand. I like to mark it up. I like to write in it. I like to highlight. Um, I have some sticky tabs I place uh, in certain spots. Um, you know, when I, pages I want to go back to. Um, I'm underlining things. I'm writing in the margins. I'm doing all sorts of things to the book as I'm as I'm reading it. I'm taking notes uh, in, a, in a separate pad as well. Occasionally, writing questions that I'm going to ask somebody I'm about to interview. That sort of thing. Um, and and really trying to. To get all I can uh, out of it, um, and and with the you know the kinds of books I'm talking about too, um, uh, and really really it doesn't matter the, the the genre of book, you you've got to be invested and you've got to you've got to be willing to, um, to, to to give some time to that 
to get anything out of it. And I just think most people in their lives are just they're just too busy, uh, or at least they think they're they're too busy. It's probably the better way to say it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> we all have the same time in in the day, but it, yeah. it all depends how we prioritize that. Mm. So, um, okay, let, let's think about this. I mean, most of the challenges that new writers are having is getting noticed and mm. having this chance that the reader just gives the chance and, and tries to read their first book. Mm. So how are you actually choosing what books to, to read? Are there uh, mm. personal recommendations or reviews? I mean, how do you notice a book which you have to choose and, and uh, mm. start reading? Yeah, there are a number of ways. Um, I, I'm always um, on the lookout for those whom I respect and, uh, and you know, looking at what books they're recommending. I just chatted earlier this week with a gentleman named uh, Tim Sanders, um, who is author of a book called Love is the Killer App. His most recent book is called Deal Storming. And I kept hearing about this book everywhere. It wasn't a book that was on my radar. I didn't know who Tim was. Uh, I, didn't, uh, I, I had heard of that other book, Love is the Killer App, but I didn't know who the author was. Uh, I didn't know that Tim had a new book out. None of that. But I kept seeing it pop up on social media. Chris Brogan was sharing about it. Michael Port was sharing about it. My friend uh, David Burkus was uh, sharing about it. And oh, by the way, sometimes dogs bark in the background. <laughs> um, and and it, just, it was just constantly in my face. And um, I, uh, I decided I've got to look into this and, and, and see what this is about. People I respect are talking about this book. Um, and so I, I checked into it and, and liked initially what I saw and you know, read the synopsis and uh, some of the reviews on, on Amazon. I thought this is somebody I, I, I need to check into. And so I acquired the book and, and dove into it and was fascinated by the topic and decided that that was somebody that I needed to have on the show. Um, uh, certainly, uh, and this probably happens to you too, um, I, I get my share of emails from folks mm-hmm. um, you know, requesting a chance to be on the show. Yeah. Um, and and I, I get enough of those that I it's difficult to answer them all. And I'm pretty proactive about the folks that I that I invite on the show. I highly recommend, um, you know, new authors, uh, self-published authors to, you know, reach out to, to podcast hosts, appropriate podcast hosts and, 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 you know, start a conversation about potentially being on their show. But there's very specific ways I would recommend uh, that you do that. If, if you've identified a particular show you'd like to be on, uh, make sure you're familiar with that show uh, make sure you're familiar with with the host. Uh, you know, make attempts to comment on their blog, add value to their community. Um, you know, do things that that are helpful uh, to them. Send send an email if appropriate, and tell them how much you appreciated that recent episode. Uh, and and you know, do these things without an expectation of anything in return, uh, so that if and when the time comes where you, know, you do have something uh, that they may be interested in um, and you're reaching out to them to, to ask about the possibility of, of, of interacting with them, you're not a complete stranger. You know, yeah. you, they, they actually have some familiarity with you. Oftentimes I get email solicitations from authors or more often than not, it's the people representing them. And it's obvious from the very beginning that um, it's a copy paste template. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so those I, I pretty much disregard, you know, immediately um, because I realize this is something going out to dozens, if not hundreds of people. They don't have a clue who I am or who they're writing to. Mm-hmm. There's been no attempt made to, 
to to uh, you know, customize the the communication. Um, but I, you know, I got an email yesterday from a gentleman who started off um, referring to um, you know sort of my mantra, you know, that readers uh, leaders read and readers readers lead, and how he couldn't agree more, and um, uh, what his experience has been. Um, uh, with uh, reading over the years and, and how much it's impacted his life. That was the beginning of his email and that mm-hmm. caught my attention. So he, he immediately grabbed onto a commonality that we had and drew me in. And even though his email is unsolicited, even though you know, I, I have no idea who he is, he's piqued my curiosity enough that, that I'm going to go check out his book now mm-hmm. and, and consider having him on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm I'm getting these copy pasted templates as well. Sometimes mm. I'm not even getting a template. I I get a, a worse version of that, which <laughs> says, "Hello, I'm I'm this person. I have a new book that is coming out very soon. I want to come on the show and talk about my book." <laughs> and that's all I'm getting. So yeah, you know, yeah. it's. Uh, and I think as podcasters, we are very protecting, uh, protecting about our um, audience. And mm. unless I find an angle that is relevant and provides value to my audience, unless I, I see why I should present something, I, I'm, I'm not inclined to just, you know, do advertising pitches here. So right, right. It's, it's always a nice way. And, and we, I think we all... Just like, you know, all readers love reading books, uh, all people love stories. So tell us the story mm. behind why, why should we have you on the show? And then I guess, you know, if it's relevant and if it works, uh-huh. then why not, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, it was probably obvious in my answer. I think podcasts are a great way to, to you know, get the word out about your book. Um, assuming you're, again, you're, you're aligning with the right podcasts, the ones that, uh, uh, make the most sense. It's not unusual for me to get a pitch from somebody who is writing uh, fiction, for for example, uh, to be on my show, and they obviously haven't done their homework enough to know <laughs> that I interview, you know, strictly you know nonfiction business book, you know, authors, and so um, that that's that's what I do. And so unless you're uh, unless you're writing a book in that genre, my show is not going to be right for you. I even have people pitch me all the time who aren't authors at all, and so. <laughs> They, again, they haven't done their homework enough to, to even realize um, you know, who they're pitching to. So it's very important that you, that you understand that. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, what do you expect from a book? Like what is a good book for you? <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic question. Um, for me, a, a, a good book uh, you know, a bit at the outset is just a book that um, is going to help me come away with at least one great idea. Uh, you know, I think to spend $20, uh, you know, if I walk away with just one really great idea, then that's $20 well spent. Um, now, again, you know, my reading is primarily, you know, uh, business and, and nonfiction. And so uh, that, that's not going to apply necessarily to other, other genres. Uh, but for me, that's, that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm, I'm also... Um, not necessarily reading to soak up every little nuance of information. I'm reading um, from the mindset of, you know, how might this book change the way I think about certain issues? I'm, I try to be very open-minded with, with the books that I'm, that I'm reading, um, knowing that maybe off the bat that the author and I have uh, 
you know, differing opinions on, uh, mm-hmm. on, on, you know, key topics that doesn't, that doesn't force me or cause me to shy away from, from reading that author's work. I want to have my, my, um, my beliefs challenged. You know, I think that's, that's the way we grow. And so, um, uh, I look for books that can, um, that can cause me to have to really think deeply about, you know, where I stand on certain things and what, and, and what I believe, uh, to be, uh, Right, wrong, good, bad, etc. So, um, what kind of reader are you? Are you from those who give a book a few pages of chance and and toss it away if they don't like mm-hmm. it, or you know there are some people who, when they start, they just need to finish it, no matter whether mm-hmm. they like it or not. <laughs> yeah, I very much uh, in, in 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 nonfiction you know, it allows you this affords you this opportunity. You know, I I I rarely read uh, any book that I'm reading. From start to finish, um, occasionally I will, but it's rare that I do that. And with with nonfiction, you often don't have to. Um, I will read um, the introduction. I'll read the conclusion. Often those two things first. Um, uh, the introduction sort of kind of lays out, you know, what the author um, is going to attempt uh, to convince me of, and then the conclusion, of course, is. Um, uh, basically, here's what you should have gotten out of having read this. Uh, and then I'll begin uh, reading a few pages in uh, to uh, the first chapter. I even look at the, the con- table of contents and look at the various topics and decide if there, there might even be one, you know, chapter five, I want to go straight to. And so I might, you know, I might bounce around here a little bit here and there. Um, and uh, the more I, I read that I, that I enjoy, the more likely I am to go to the very beginning and just start reading. Uh, straight, straight through. But I'll start oftentimes just bouncing around uh, to the things that interest me, the, the things that pique my curiosity. Okay, I see. Well, with nonfiction books, it's um, a little hard to do. Yeah, especially business <laughs> books. Uh, I mean, writer has this big challenge of not making the book sound like a textbook because you know <laughs> it may be pretty dry and i mean that yeah. that's the challenge we're having uh, like non-fiction writers uh, need to make it more exciting to keep you uh, go through the thing and have this nice reading experience besides getting the knowledge right otherwise it feels like a textbook <laughs> right. so what are those elements that kind of, you know, keep your attention and make you kind of, you know, really enjoy the process of going through the nonfiction book? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, For me, in reading nonfiction specifically, it's does the author have specific experiences that he or she can share related to the specific issue they're attempting to convey or to impart? Um, And so uh, when an author can share a story that that illustrates the point they're trying to make. To me, that that's the best way to pull me in. When you can when you can demonstrate that 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 you've experienced this firsthand. First, that that gives me confidence in your ability to um, uh, uh, sort of justify or or um, convince me of your point. Uh, but th- those stories also pull me in. Uh, that to me, uh, when, when, I, when I discover that in a, in a nonfiction book, that immediately draws me in. And it, and it peaks and, and, and begins um, uh, fostering my imagination. Uh, you know, and I, I, I start thinking about myself uh, in, uh, in that situation and how would I respond and what would I have done. And, 
and that that makes it more real for me. So anytime you can 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 demonstrate what the point you're trying to get across with a with a real world story and example, I think I think for for readers that's that's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so too because uh, it's uh, first of all stories kind of you know bring this uh, individual and personal flavor to the book so the author kind of you know shines through and you you resonate uh, most probably with the things he writes because they come from the real situations and real yeah. stories yeah exactly so um you have interviewed many like how many authors have you interviewed by now already uh 120 ish something like that Okay, so uh, you have inter- interviewed 120 nonfiction business book authors. Mm. And um, most probably, uh, most of them have been successful authors because uh, those have been the books that have been talked about for a certain period of time. So do you see any tendency, like when we are talking to them, uh are there any similarities in the approaches they they get for writing or book launches or you know what have you not noticed anything that may be like the key to success well i'm seeing yes i'm seeing more and more authors these days and and you've probably had folks on to talk about this very thing i would imagine but i i see more and more authors these days putting a, a lot of attention on pre-launch and pre-order and uh you know a certain um number of bonuses that, that, that you as a reader will receive uh, when you pre-order, uh, worth oftentimes several hundred dollars. Uh, and so um, the pre-order process seems to be uh, the key for many authors these days in, in making the various lists or selling the most books. And the more, the more bonuses they can offer you in exchange for pre-ordering the book, um, uh, the stronger that launch can be. So I'm seeing that again and again and again, uh, I assume because it's successful. Um, I've seen more of that in the last year and a half than I think I have the previous, you know, decades worth of my life. And so, <laughs> um, th- that must be working, or at least it's working uh, right now. Mm, I see. So let's logically continue this in that case. Let's say someone uh, does the right things and becomes a successful author. The book is sold well. He, he gets this big audience of readers. Uh, since your audience is mainly readers and you most probably engage with them, you may know what is the best way as an author to engage with the readers? Well, my favorite authors are going beyond uh, the book. Uh, I'm thinking, uh, for example, of, of uh, an author I've had on a couple of times named uh, Todd Henry. And uh, when Todd released his last book called Louder Than Words, I've had him on the show twice to talk about each of his last two books. Um, he started uh, first through his email list. Um, inviting people to join a Facebook group set up specifically for that book. And he, and he walked those folks who wanted to dig in deeper into the book uh, through sort of a six-week six uh, plan where he, he recommended you know, reading a certain chapter at a certain time. And then they would you know, get together in the Facebook group to talk about it. He would email folks about uh, certain points and aspects of the book and really engage people with, uh, with what they were taking away from it. Uh, and to me, that was that. Now that takes some time, but I really liked that process of being able to, with the author, him, him or herself, uh, and with other 
folks enjoying the book, be able to go through that, uh, reading it a chapter at a time, discussing it, sort of like a, you know, a little book club, but, but online, mm-hmm. and, and with the author as the person leading, leading the club. Okay, so it's really, uh, do you think the authors should also take into account the preliminary feedback from readers if they are engaging them in the process? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's got an opinion. But uh, uh, certainly, if if you're engaging folks um, early enough, you know, before a book's released, and you're looking for feedback and trying to make improvements and uh, and that sort of thing, you've got to have uh, some thick skin, as the saying goes. If if I haven't learned anything in my time uh, in radio, I spent uh, two and a half decades in radio prior to doing what I'm doing now, and everybody who listens to you on the radio assumes that um, it's okay for them to evaluate your work and tell you exactly what they think. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. if you were working in an office and I walked uh, and, and, and you were in your cubicle, I would not walk up to you in earshot of everyone and, 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 and tell you what I think mm-hmm. is wrong with what you're doing. <laughs> well, I, I, I think, you know, that that's the risk of putting yourself and your work out there you Very know, much so. in front yeah, of people yeah. you don't know, <laughs> because yeah. you will always get this. I mean, it, it, it works both ways. You may yeah. end up receiving really nice emails from people you don't know, mm-hmm. and you may end up receiving emails which, you know, state and prove that the mission of what you're doing has been accomplished and, you know, that person has changed or done something you wanted yeah. them to do or got inspired. But on yeah. the other hand, you, you also have the other emails which talk about things that might not be very pleasant to read. I agree. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you, you, and to, to what I was saying earlier, you have to have thick skin. If you're going, like you said, if you're going to put your work out there, then you have to be ready for that work to be critiqued and know that it's not always going to be positive. Certainly some of it will, uh, but, not, but not all of it. And you've got to be willing to, to put it out there anyway and not, not let that discourage you. If I've learned anything in, in my time on this planet, I've learned that. Okay. So in the very beginning, you mentioned that you were working full time. And mm-hmm. we, we always talk about passion, about doing what you love, about you know, quitting corporate job and stuff like that. So where are you at at this point? In that process? Yeah. Do you yeah. read books full-time now? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah you, you could say that. Yeah, it's my wife and I uh, joke about it. Uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll be uh, sitting down at my chair to get ready to read, and, and I'll, I'll get her attention and say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go to work now. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'll crack open the book. And you know, she understands that that's part of what I do. It doesn't look like work. It doesn't feel like work. Um, but, uh, that's, that's part of, of uh, what I do every day. And that's how I've designed it. That's on purpose. I love to read. We've established that. And so I've, I've created sort of a lifestyle that, that, uh, requires me, uh, to, to do that on, on nearly, uh, nearly a daily basis. And it's something that I, that I truly love. So, um, up until about uh, a little less than three years ago, I was, uh, employed full-time in radio, uh, and um, was at a, a company that was uh, deciding to to um, downsize, and they let some people go. And on 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 this particular day, they let three people go, and I was one of those one of those three. And um, since then, I've I've been on my own. Uh, I was already sort of thinking of life after radio earlier that year. My wife and I had had conversations about it, and 
we had made the decision that by the end of the year, by the end of 2013, I was going to leave that job. We didn't know what that would look like exactly, but that was the goal. And then about six months before I intended to leave, I was, I was, I was basically shown the door. Now, the relationship is such that, uh, uh, you know, it's left a, a good standing and, and uh, everybody still loves everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when I interviewed Pat Flynn, he said that the best thing that ever happened to him was um, that he was let go. Because that's where things started. So, uh, yeah. Def- definitely. That, that, that I can say the same. And, and, and it's funny you mentioned Pat because I, the days we were let go were the exact same day, just five years apart. Oh, uh, <laughs> interesting. June, June 17th. So, um, yeah, a little, little funny, funny history there. But uh, um, I never looked back. I never, I've never looked for a job. Um, I was already planning the podcast when this happened, and I went forward with that. And and when I when I first got let go, I mean, they gave me a, a severance package, so so that helped uh, obviously mm-hmm. um, uh, for the f- first few months or so. Uh, but I began uh, initially just diving into a side hustle that I had been working on, a side gig I'd been working on prior to that, and I just uh, dove into that full time, and that sustained me for the first few months until I was kind of, you know, up on my feet and 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 had a you know, better idea of what I wanted to do long term. Uh, but for the last uh, about two and a half years, my income has come, uh, my entire income has come from podcasting one way or another, whether that's uh, through my show specifically and partnerships uh, with advertisers and things of that nature to um, doors the podcast opens for me and, and things I'm able to do as a result of it that pay me, whether that's speaking or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I do some some coaching and consulting uh, uh, in the area of podcasting, leveraging my radio background, and so all those things uh, come together to comprise my my income. All of them related one way or another to 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 podcasting specifically. Okay, so all all of you out there who don't believe that podcasting can make money, just you know, <laughs> this is the proof. <laughs> have you written a book yourself? I have not. No, I have not. Um, do I have some ideas in that regard? Yes, I do. Um, I uh, appreciate what my the second guest I ever had on my show said um, when he asked me uh, that same uh, question, and he encouraged me. And I would say this to to your listeners as well: um, if 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 you're struggling getting that process started, take 15 minutes and uh, determine you know a title of your book. The next day, take another 15 minutes and write out some what you think some chapter headings or chapter titles might be. Uh, take the uh, 15 minutes the next day and, 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 and write out your, your introduction. And then 15 minutes, and, and just in these little increments, just take 15 minutes a day and do something. And, and you'll do more in a month than you've probably done towards your book in the last five years, if it's something that's just been sitting there, you know, waiting to be tended to. So how much have you done? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say I'm about uh, probably 40 or 50% of the way through. And my, my, my first book is very, um, very niche. Um, I am writing specifically about the art of interviewing and being interviewed. And so uh, my book will be geared to uh, podcasters and also folks who are in positions uh, – to be interviewed, uh, people who are 
um, you know, doing television and radio and mm-hmm. podcasting type interviews and helping them leverage the things I've learned over the last 30 years to, to get a little bit better at that process, hopefully. Okay. I'll definitely need that one. So I'm <laughs> waiting for you to finish it. <laughs> okay. So um, I don't know. Do you have any advice to new writers? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you as uh, someone who's from the other side, from the reader's side. And, you know, it's always nice to know what you expect how we can get noticed as writers and what are the do's and don'ts that you, you know, that we need to to make. So what is like the biggest advice you would give a newbie writer? Well, I would start off by saying don't get discouraged. Um, and this has happened to me. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking to myself here as much as anybody. But um, it's real easy, I think, for many writers to get started and maybe get a little way, a little way in and go, you know what? Nobody's going to want to read this. I'll, I'll put this aside. And then we get re-inspired and we go back to it, you know, mm-hmm. 60 days later and we write a little bit more and then we, we get hung up again on, you know what, what was I thinking? Nobody wants to, <laughs> nobody wants to read this. You know, sort of the, uh, maybe it's imposter syndrome coming in or it's fear or it's all these things. Well, what if I put it out and nobody wants it, nobody buys it? I mean, I thought that about my, my podcast. You may have as well when I first launched it. It's like nobody's going to want to listen to this. And, and you, have, you have to push through that. If you truly believe in, in what, you're, what you have to say or what you're writing about, uh, and, and, you know, write it too for someone. Um, if, if, you, if you think of one specific person, and you just write to that person. I, I think you'll be less likely to veer off that path and, and less likely to allow imposter syndrome or whatever the fear might be to, to, to get in your way. Um, and when I do a podcast, you know, when, I, when, I, when I interview an author, um, I'm pretending as I'm interviewing them that, that a listener is sitting right next to me mm. listening in on this live as it's happening. And occasionally I'll turn... And, and look at that person and talk just to them in the middle of the interview. In other words, I'll, I'll, talk to, I'll talk about the author in the third person like I'm talking to somebody else, even though that person is not there right now. Uh-huh. And what happens is on the other end, when the podcast is being heard, the listener feels like they're being included in the conversation rather than just eavesdropping on one. And I think that applies to, uh, to the writing process, or it can. And so mm-hmm. whenever I write an email uh, to those on my list, whenever I do my podcast, whatever it is I'm doing, writing, audio, doesn't matter. I'm always trying to gear it to an individual. And I think when you do that, every single person engaging in your content individually feels like you're conveying it just, just to them. Yeah, perfect. Very nice tip. And uh, I think, yes, it, it does apply to writing as well. It, it will work this, exactly the same way. And especially with uh, nonfiction books, because as we said, it's like it's a challenge to keep the reader engaged and, yeah, the, you know, yeah. and read it from the first page until the last, because nonfiction books are, you know, they have this risk of getting, you know, jumped from one place <laughs> to another. Right, right. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for coming over. I really enjoyed our talk. It was really nice to have you over. And um, I will be waiting for your book. <laughs> oh, pressure, pressure's on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, uh, watching you uh, on, online and seeing all the things that you're doing and, 
and, and, and the great uh, accomplishments along the way. And to be invited on was a real treat. So thanks. Thank you. Okay, well, that was all I had for you today. I've been doing lots of thinking these days and I've come up with different new ideas. So for sure, you will hear about some new things coming up pretty soon. Meanwhile, check out publishtobered.com. And as always, keep writing and don't give up. <laughs>